Welcome to the All Dogs Are Good Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Dick from Pack Leader Health, and today we're going to be making sense of dog behavior and dog training for the everyday dog person. Welcome back to another episode of All Dogs Are Good Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Dick from Pack Leader Health, and today we're going to be talking about two different things, multi-dog households and my two dogs are fighting in the home. I'm going to be taking some case studies from some current clients, some clients that my trainers have, and we're going to be talking about how to handle multi-dog households. And in the second half of this, we're going to be talking about my two dogs are fighting in the home. How do I address this? So we're going to get into multi-dog households. Multi-dog meaning obviously more than one dog, although I have clients who have three, four, and even five dogs. My feelings and thoughts on lay owners, meaning non-trainers, having multiple dogs is why. (laughs) Because the reality is most times owners don't really have the time to be working and handling multiple dogs. Like myself, I have two dogs and I, I truly cannot imagine what my life would be like if I had more than this. I do have other trainers who have more than two dogs, but they're also full-time trainers, which means they have the time, the energy, the knowledge, the expertise, and the experience to handle dogs. When you have multiple dogs, you have double, triple, quadruple the responsibility to be able to handle those dogs' issues. What we see as trainers, at least um, what I see in the owners that I get, Number one, they got a dog because their first dog needed a playmate and they were not fulfilling that dog already, so they thought getting a second dog would be helpful for that. Um, More often than not, that person who had that first dog, it's really two categories. Either that first dog was cake and you got really lucky and you're like, I'm the best owner in the world. And listen, we've all been through that. We, We definitely get a humbling dog after that. So that first scenario is, They got the dog uh, because their first dog was cake and they just didn't really have to do anything and the dog was awesome. And then the second scenario is their first dog already has behavioral problems, but they're like, hmm, I should get a second dog to add to this because somehow getting a second dog is going to help. Spoiler alert, it doesn't help. When we're handling multi-dog households, the way that I attack any behavioral problems in the home, because this is going to be separate from two dogs fighting because that'll be later, I handle the most intense dog first, whether that there's two dogs or three or more or whatever, whoever's the most intense is who I need to address first. And that doesn't mean like the the most reactive or the loudest or the most obvious. I mean intense with their behavioral concerns um, or their reactivity or intense with intention, intense with energy, because oftentimes it's those quiet the ones who are really quiet in the home are the ones who are a lot worse outside the home and so I'm always trying to figure out who do I need to address first in order for everyone else to sort of fall in line dogs do work off of pack mentality they do work off of a hierarchy and what that means is whoever's the most intense likely the others are going to follow Oftentimes, like that first dog, well, my first dog was great. He had no reactivity, had no behavioral problems. And then I got this second dog and he's barking at everything and everyone. And he's like nipping people when they come in the house or he's pulling really hard on the leash and he's reactive. 
And again, the reality is the first dog was not good because of you. They were good despite you. And I know for a lot of people listening, that can be really hard to hear. That doesn't mean you're a bad owner. doesn't mean you're a bad person. doesn't mean you have a bad dog. It just means you got lucky and now you have an, a second dog in front of you who's going to need a lot more support. You're like, cool, Brianna, how do I start addressing this? You start with the most intense dog first, not who you think is the most intense. I see a lot of partialness in owners who got their first dog or I'll give another example not necessarily the first dog but I see couples who they each had a dog first and then they come together in a you know mixing families and both parties really are very partial to their own dog like they'll talk shit about the other dog while they're with me and then I go with the other spouse and they talk shit about the other spouse's dog and I'm like listen you guys both have out of control dogs but let's deal with the one who's the most intense. If you're not sure about who's the most intense, that's where you need to hire a professional trainer. There's only so much DIY training can do, but if you're unsure, I would likely be hiring a professional trainer at some point. Um, but if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to break this down in a multi-dog household, I'm de- obviously I'm dealing with the most intense dog first, but I need to be addressing all dogs, all the dogs. It doesn't mean we need to have the exact same rules for each dog. It means that everybody needs to understand their rules and their boundaries in the household. If you have a dog who's resource guarding, probably shouldn't be you know, sitting next to you on the couch. If you have a dog who's not resource guarding, doesn't really matter if they're on the couch or not. You can have separate rules in the household, and maybe you need to wait to do that, but everybody needs to be on the same page, which is human is in control. When I get into these multi-dog households, they'll be like, oh, this dog's the alpha, or this dog's the beta, or this one's the one who's dominant. I don't give a shit about any of that. The dogs need to understand that I am there to direct and protect them. It is not the other dog's job to be dictating what happens in the household or when to react, when not to react, when to act, when not to act. That's my job. And I'm failing if I'm not giving those dogs enough consistent direction so that way they know what they should be doing instead of just yelling at them for what they shouldn't be doing. So I'm breaking it down. The first thing I'm going to do is make sure we have really solid communication. And I've talked about this in previous episodes, but number one, I'm going to focus on Does my dog have a positive and healthy understanding of pressure and release on a leash? Do I have, have I been using food to really encourage or motivate the dogs to do what I want them to do? Are they sleeping, you know, in crates or do they have their own sleeping areas? They're not sleeping in bed with us. Um, I'm working them separately. When you have a multi-dog household, you need to develop a rapport with each individual dog. You need to have these skills and I would start one at a time. There are some things that you can do all at once, but like, for example, I'm not going to be teaching leash skills to two dogs at once. I'm going to start with one, whoever's the, you know, the most difficult, I'm going to start there and I'm going to get them golden. Then I'm going to move on to the next one. The same with place when I'm conditioning place, I'm going to make sure that if you feel like you can't condition your dogs to place separately, then you're going to have to use a tie back. Um, For some people, like for me, I am not drilling holes in my wall. Some people do that to make a tie back. I'm just going to keep that dog on a leash on place and put that leash under the couch. Or I'll put that dog in the crate. And if your dog's not crate trained, when you have a multi-dog household, it's a necessity. You got to get crate training down. You need to be able to practice separation from each individual dog. 
what I see a lot with multi-dog households as well as two dogs that are very clingy and insecure without each other, meaning they haven't developed their own independence and their own separate levels of confidence without one another. And that's also something that is fundamental to a multi-dog household. I've had, you know, three dogs at one time and I am taking at least a few minutes every single day to work that dog individually. They're not together the entire time because what happens is dogs only become what they practice. If they never practice being away from each other, developing skills outside of each other, guess what? They're not going to be very good at that. So you do need to have separate time with each dog. You need to develop these skills, this communication where they understand a marker word, they understand leash pressure, they understand some verbal cues. You know, they're paying attention to your energy and your body language and what you're communicating with them. But if I'm breaking down multi-dog households, again, we're starting with the most intense dog. We're going to work dogs separately as needed. Again, we're starting with one at a time. And then, like, let's just set a foundation. For me, a foundation is always communication. I condition dogs to the word yes. That means food. I condition them to place. I condition them to leash skills. I condition them to the crate. I make sure we have good recall, good impulse control, like with leave it. Um, I'm just spouting off things that I teach dogs, but for me that those are all foundational things to have a really happy and healthy relationship with my dogs because if dogs have those skills, they understand how to live. They understand the rules and boundaries of the house. Like for example, if you have dogs who are reactive and they're, they tend to, you know, rush out of the back door, the front door. You can have this setup be slightly different for each individual dog, but the result needs to be the same. Some people are like, hey, I, I like to use the gentle leader and my partner likes to use the prong or a martingale. That's fine for me as long as the dog has a clear, solid understanding of both of those scenarios and the result is the same. The dog is happy, content, calm, well-behaved. The dog is good. So maybe your approach is making the dog sit, you know, before you go outside. And your partner or your family member or your friend or your roommate's deal is, oh, I don't care about them sitting. I just want them to wait at the door. That's fine as long as the end result is that dog waiting essentially for permission before going on to the next thing. And there's going to be a whole other episode on why thresholds are going to be important to dogs. But that's how I handle multi-dog households. When you have multiple dogs and you feel like one of them is out of control, I hate to break the news to you, but they're all out of control. I have never one time, apart from, a, you know, a dog who's like 14, 15, 16 years old on the way out. I have never once in my entire career, the past 10 years, never once to work with a multi-dog household where all the dogs weren't totally out of control. But I did get a call about, you know, the I'll get I'll get a call and be like, well, this dog's, you know, really reactive, out of control, or they're the one who is aggressive. And then their other dog is also equally as out of control, but just in a more happy-go-lucky way, in a more excitable way. They're jumping all over me. They're scratching up my hoodie and my pants. They're pulling like a banshee on the leash. Uh, they're barking at people, but it's because they're happy. That, oh, this one isn't aggressive, so he can pull and he can bark and he can jump and he can do all that stuff. No, both dogs are out of control. You're not able to communicate effectively with either of the dogs. You have zero control of either of the dogs, <clears throat> and the other dog picks up on that. If your dog sees that you can't control your other dog, dogs can understand that. They understand that you are not effectively communicating with either of them. So you have to get this out of your mind like you have this problem child and it's just that child. You would never look at a parent who had multiple children and one is just floundering 
and the other two or the other one is just doing great and say, oh, it's just that kid's fault. No, you'd probably take a look at how that parent is interacting. More often than not, it's the kid who needs a little bit more support, more guidance, more information, uh, more repetition. It is harder work, but it has to be done. And that's not the problem child. Both, all, however many dogs you have, you need to be in control of all of them. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna it'll be short and sweet on that. We're gonna move into my two dogs are fighting. Um, God, I have like six different examples for myself and my trainers over the past couple months of two dogs fighting in the house. Um, I'm gonna give you some patterns in these case studies that we have that I've taken some notes on. Let me just bring those out. Some notes on the patterns of these dogs these are two dogs fighting it's been male and male it's been male female it's been siblings there hasn't been like a very specific go-to of male male female female none of that it's just been two dogs fighting so the patterns are none of these dogs were crated they were sleeping in beds with their owner um 90 percent of them were were being free fed meaning they were just allowed to eat whenever until uh, oftentimes the dog fights started There was no structure in the house. They were allowed all over the furniture. They were giving copious amounts of affection. They were allowed in the intimate space of the owners whenever. And these fights were happening usually during times of um, excitement. You know, when someone's coming home, when food's coming out, when a toy is coming out, when they're being pushed through a threshold. And that's why threshold training is so important and overall impulse control. Um... Oftentimes, it was like getting in the space of the owner. There was a little bit of resource guarding as well. So the patterns are zero, 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 zero structure in the house. Zero communication to the dogs of what they should be doing. Only corrections when the dogs got into fights. And then they would separate them, obviously, because they didn't want them getting back in fights. But there was no resolution. So a lot of the times, the dogs are fighting inside but not outside. Why do we see dogs fighting more inside the home, but you don't really see the fights outside of the home is because space matters, intimate space matters, dogs' possessiveness over intimate space matters. And when I mean my intimate space, I mean close proximity to the human or to their own personal space, whether it's their dog bed or just their body on their person or on their dog, I guess you would say, (laughs) they um, are not having it. How do you handle dogs who are fighting in the house? It's probably not just one dog. It's probably because the dogs don't have a fundamental understanding, no fault of their own, at who is supposed to be directing and protecting them. You can't have two dogs fighting in your house if they understand who's in control and who's going to be advocating for them. just doesn't happen. It does not happen. When dogs have a clear understanding of their role in the household, they're not going to be fighting. And again, this is not to judge you. This is not to shame you. It's not to make you feel bad. Maybe you've been lucky in the past and you've had multiple dogs and you haven't had fights. But if you're listening to this, that's probably not where you're at right now. Whether you've had these dogs since they were puppies or you got one and then you got another one later as a rescue, it doesn't really matter. These dogs are going to need a lot of management. When you have two dogs fighting in the household, you cannot, excuse my French, fuck around. Because one of the dogs is going to get killed. You're going to have a lot of vet bills. Uh, Fortunately, I have seen this happen. Um, And you need to take this incredibly seriously. When you have two dogs fighting in the household, 
it takes a massive amount of management and time and dedication and management. And what I mean by management is not a second of their life is unaccounted for. You need to muzzle condition these dogs if they're fighting. You need to get comfortable with both of the dogs potentially wearing open muzzles for months, maybe longer at a time. When you have two dogs fighting in the house, you need to hire a professional immediately. You need to hire someone who deals with uh, severe aggression cases because what happens in these situations is it snowballs very quickly. If you've had one little spat that you thought was fine, hire a trainer. If you've had your two dogs growling or looking at each other occasionally, hire a trainer because it always, always, always snowballs into a really you know negative situation. Um, whether it is what the, the dynamic I often see is a first dog comes in again, no structure has been allowed to do whatever it wants. And then another dog comes in and they also want to practice that. But that first dog's like, "Mm, this is my, (laughs) this is my possession. Owner's space is my possession up top. The couch is my possession. The bed is my possession. This bone or this toy that you have my possession. You can't allow any of that pushiness early on, especially if you have a puppy, you need to nip it in the bud immediately. You need to develop a healthy uh, relationship with each of those dogs. And that's going to go back to the multi-dog household protocol, which is developing these skills with of them separately if i was going to do anything with dogs who've fought with each other i'm going to make sure it's on muzzle i'm going to walk them together i'm going to do a lot of feeding at a distance together to make it a positive association if i can play with them outside together i'm going to do that i'm going to work on the inner household dynamic and what that means is space is managed to be very 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 specific Again, not a second of their life unaccounted for, right? They're either hanging out in their crate when I can't watch them, they're both tied back on place, or they're walking with me and playing with me or training with me. There is zero free roaming at all whatsoever for a period of time. And then I can see, can I have one dog on place and let the other dog free roam for 30 minutes? Again, on muzzle, leashed, and vice versa. Can I do that separately? Another thing that can help with this, if it's very situational, is working on them going through different thresholds of the house. That tight space creates pressure, and that pressure often turns into a fight. So I need to make sure I can call these individual dogs through the threshold and not create a fight. So what that might look like is, can I put my one dog in a sit? And then, like if I'm going to, I'll do Bear and Teddy. Can I put Bear in a sit and then tell Teddy to come through the threshold of the back door, front door, whatever it is, and then I can call Bear and vice versa. So having that impulse control during moments where they would likely get into a fight, fundamental. If you're wondering how to build impulse controls through your daily interactions, can I make my dog sit and wait and not move forward towards something just because they want to? Maybe, oh, this is a big one, like your physical affection. Can you have one dog stay away and out of your space while you give the other dog affection? If you can't do that, you need to start there. What that might look like is conditioning your dog to place. Have your dog hang out on place while you pet the other dog and then practice that, vice versa. You have to practice this with both dogs. Even if you feel like it's just the one dog's issue, I promise you there are still things that you can work on with your other dog that might not be as intense. Just because it's not as intense doesn't mean your dog doesn't deserve for you to start working on potentially some of their insecurities or some of their behaviors that could potentially be problematic. So that is how I handle two dogs fighting in the home. I 
take a very, very, very hard approach to this because I have seen so many dogs get injured. I mean, I have worked with clients who've let their dogs fight for years before reaching out to someone and it just, it hurts my heart and it blows my mind because dogs are not just going to sort it out themselves. You know how dogs are going to sort it out? Through fighting and killing one another. It always eventually leads to that. I've had way too many dogs hospitalized, you know, prior to meeting me and potentially after if someone wasn't following through because of the fact that dogs are going to sort it out in a predatorial way. They are predators. It doesn't matter if it's a chihuahua or a bulldog or a mastiff or whatever. They're predators and they're going to use their mouth. And we do not want our dogs sorting shit out. It is your job to sort it out. It's your job to tell your dog what to do. Let's think about it this way. If you're potentially listening to this and you have two dogs fighting, think about how you live with your dog. It is that endless affection. They're allowed to do whatever they want, be whatever they want. We're not making it a positive experience for either of them. And then we're just expecting them to know what to do. I'm, I'm going to challenge you to try something else, to try something different. The reason that I talk so much about structure and especially a lot of balance trainers talk about structure is because that is often what's lacking. I've never met a reactive dog owner or two dogs fighting where they actually had structure in their home in the way they live with their dogs. It is just a free for all all the time and dogs struggle because of that. That is why dog trainers are booked out for months and years at a time right now. Because we are just doing whatever, whenever with our dogs, and we're really seeing the fallout of that. So if you have two dogs fighting, hire someone. Start working on leash skills. Start working on keeping them separate. Start muzzle conditioning them. Start watching some impulse control videos like leave it and recalling them and conditioning them to a marker word and all of those things. Really start to understand what you mean to your dog on a daily basis, your daily interactions with your dog. If it's just feeding them and taking them on a 30-minute walk, that's not going to be enough. So thanks so much for listening. I know this is a little bit short and sweet, but I'm trying to keep them short and sweet so that people can ask questions and I can come back around and answer those. So if you have any questions, shoot me a DM, write me a review. In the review, you can ask me some questions or just tell me what you want to hear on the podcast and I will post it on here. If you are interested in learning more about our training, we do virtual training in person, packleaderhealth.com. All our social media is at packleaderhealth. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait for more episodes. Have a great week.